let's get ready to study God's Word. Greetings to one and all. Welcome to another episode of Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker, and it's time for another devotional study. Please be sure to visit us at BibleStudy.ASBZone.com, where you can find links to our previous episodes and various Bible study resources. Let's have a word of prayer before we get into today's study. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mercy and your goodness to us. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your promises. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We ask you to forgive us of our sins, and we pray that you'll grant us wisdom and understanding as we enter into your word and deal with today's topic. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's study is entitled, Forgiveness is Our Solemn duty. Forgiveness is our solemn duty. And our memory verse, I say memory verse, I'm so used to saying memory verse. Our passage for this study, and there's no reason not to memorize it, but our passage for this study comes to us from Matthew 6, verse 12. It says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That comes in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. And in fact, if you want the context of that passage, it comes as part of the Lord's Prayer. It's really the Lord's Prayer and the discussion of it, right? So Christ gave them, gave his hearers, gave us, I should say, a guideline for how to pray. And it doesn't just mean saying those exact words, but looking at the principle of the prayer that he gave us, here's what he said to us, starting at verse 5 of Matthew 6. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily, I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou... When thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Pause a second here. Um, I definitely have to do a, a study on secret prayer and the whole concept behind it, why it's important, how critical it is, and the fact that this was one of the strongest uh, tools that Christ used in his ministry. Verse 7, But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions, as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our Father, which art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. That ends the Lord's Prayer, but here are the two other verses that are connected. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Okay. That's kind of profound. A lot of times we look at forgiveness as something you do only in response to repentance. Let's take Luke 17, 3 and 4. It says, Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. Okay? So you look at that and you say, Aha, you see, repentance must come before forgiveness. But maybe that's not how you should look at that verse. Maybe the way that you ought to look at that verse is forgiveness is an imperative if repentance has occurred. Meaning we tend to look at this as I don't have to do the latter until they've done the former. Whereas the language that Jesus is using suggests something subtly different, which is if they do the former, you must do the latter. Right? We tend to look at forgiveness and repentance as if they don't repent, forgiveness is not even on the table. And if they repent, it better be a good repentance. And what they have, the way that they have trespassed, it better not be too grievous. Otherwise, forgiveness is still kind of up in the air. But that's not what the Bible teaches us. Let's look at Luke 6. 37, which is corresponding to the Sermon on the Mount. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Very interesting. Right? Now remember, when we were reading in the Lord's Prayer, it says, and forgive us our debt as we forgive. It's tied. Our willingness to forgive others is tied, or I should say the other way, the forgiveness we receive is tied to the forgiveness we give. Okay. Let's do Mark 11, 25 through 26. Okay. And when ye stand praying, forgive if ye have aught against any that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Do we understand this? Do we understand this? In the parable, there's that parable about the man that owed 10,000 talents, 
And then when he was forgiven, he went and found somebody that owed him a tiny amount. And because they didn't have it, he went and put them in prison and uh, to extract the money from them. And if we remember in that parable, very, very solemn parable, his forgiveness gets revoked. Like, I don't think we pay attention to that. His forgiveness gets revoked. And the reason that his forgiveness was revoked is not, has nothing to do with his ability to pay his own debt. His forgiveness was revoked because he would not forgive someone else. That's what caused his forgiveness to be revoked. Because he was forgiven. He had been forgiven. But because he would not exhibit forgiveness to someone else, the forgiveness that had been given him was revoked. It is true that repentance is important. It is absolutely true that repentance is important. But repentance is important for the person who needs to repent. Repentance is not important for the person who needs to forgive. Certainly, certainly, we feel better about forgiving someone who shows remorse. Right? It's, it's fair. If someone, if someone stepped on your toe and said, Oh, I'm sorry about that. You say, No worries. I, you know, you're forgiven. But if they step on your toe and you're like, uh, excuse me, you stepped on my toe and they're like, and? It's much harder for the next thing out of your mouth to be, well, I forgive you, <laughs> right? It's harder. And we think it's unwarranted. Why am I forgiving him if he's not going to be repentant? But we need to understand the dynamics of repentance and forgiveness. Because if we don't understand it, we will hurt ourselves. The person who has done wrong needs to repent because their salvation depends on it. Okay. The person who has done something wrong, whether to you or to God, and technically everything that is done wrong is done wrong toward God. But if a person, let's, let's work with something where someone has sinned against you. Okay? So a person has sinned against you in some fashion. When they, when they are confronted about it, or when they're convicted of it, either way, convicted I meant Holy Spirit conviction, although a legal conviction can help too, but when they are convicted of that, when, when they recognize or it's brought to their attention that they have wronged you, repentance is important to their salvation. Forgiveness is important to yours. Okay? So when you have two people in this kind of scenario, there are four options that can come from these two people with the combination of of forgiveness and repentance the best option is that they repent and that you forgive okay best option is that they repent and you forgive they could repent and you could not forgive they could not repent and you could still forgive. They could not repent, and you could not forgive. That's the worst situation. 
If they have done you wrong and they don't repent and you don't forgive, technically each of you is jeopardizing his own salvation. If they repent and you choose not to forgive, you are jeopardizing your salvation. If they don't repent and so you decide you're not going to forgive, you're still jeopardizing your, your own salvation. The only thing that that keeps you from jeopardizing your salvation is to forgive them. Now, I'm not saying it's easy. It really depends on what they've done. And of course, their lack of forgiveness um, adds an extra wound to the equation. But bear in mind that in the passages that, that we read, that we looked at, Luke 17, 3 and 4, Luke 6, 37, Mark 11, 25 and 26, and Matthew 6, 14 and 15, and really, you know, all the way from 5 to 15. God never ties, God never, um, I, I actually, I was going to say God never ties forgiveness to repentance. That's not really what I mean. God never makes repentance a consequence, uh, forgiveness, sorry, a consequence of repentance. He does not. The closest we come to that is in Luke 17, and it really says the opposite. It says, if he repents, you are compelled to forgive, right? If he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. Not thou shouldest forgive him, right? Thou ought to forgive him. No. If he repents, you will forgive him. But other passages also tell us, forgive and we will be forgiven. Each of those transactions is necessary. Repentance is necessary to take away the burden of the, of the wrongdoing from the person. It may not take away the consequences, as we've done in other studies. Sometimes the consequences are still going to be there. Forgiveness is not automatically pardoned, right? The person who is forgiving you may not have the ability to pardon you, to relieve you of the legal consequences of whatever warranted the forgiveness. But at a spiritual level, repentance is important to take away the burden. Forgiveness is also important for the forgiver to take away the bitterness. Repentance is a choice. Forgiveness is also a choice. Both of those choices need help from God. Right? Because we are not prone to repent by ourselves. In, in many ways, repentance is a gift from God. True repentance is a gift from God. And although the primary context of that statement is in relation to sin itself toward God, it's true in a broader sense as well. Like you need to be convicted of the Holy Spirit to repent and mean it. But you also need to be convicted of the Holy Spirit to forgive and mean it. Forgiveness is essential to us who have been wronged. And not forgiving jeopardizes our own salvation as verily as doing wrong and not repenting. Those two transactions are independent transactions related 
but they're independent in the sense that one does not rely on the other one. So a lot of times we feel that it is appropriate to withhold our forgiveness from people because they have not yet repented. But imagine if you confront someone who has done you wrong and at the time that you confront them, they they don't want to hear it and they're not willing to repent. And because they're not repenting, you're not forgiving. You were prepared to forgive them if they would just repent, but they aren't, they haven't. And so you're like, well, fine, you know, you don't want to repent, you walk away. And then their heart pricks them. And over this, the course of days or weeks or months, whatever it might be, they decide what they did was wrong. And they repent of it. Maybe they can't find you anymore. Maybe time has, has passed and you've moved and whatever the case is. So they can't find you and tell you that they've changed their perspective. But they have now changed their perspective and they repent before God. But you carry the bitterness of them not repenting to you. And so you've withheld their forgiveness in your mind. What do you think happens to you? Ultimately, what do you think happens to you? Spiritually, that's not a good thing. Jesus was able to pray for the forgiveness of people who were in the midst of killing him and clearly not repenting of it. Stephen was able to pray for the forgiveness of people that were in the process of stoning him and obviously not repenting of it. Because forgiveness is a separate transaction from repentance. And the forgiver will get the benefit of the repentance he has offered. The repenter, sorry, the forgiver will get the business, the benefit of the forgiveness he has offered. The repenter will receive the benefit of the repentance he has made. Okay? Now you can argue that Christ can't forgive us if we don't repent of our sins. And I would argue that the Bible doesn't exactly teach that. When Paul talks about the fact that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, that statement is independent of the choices of individual people. God has put forth, Christ died for everybody's sin. Everybody's sin. He's taken unto himself the sins of people that he knows won't accept him, just as well as the ones that will. So technically, God has made provision to forgive everyone, and he made it in advance, right? The in advance thing is a little awkward. Obviously, Christ came to earth and went through the, the experience of the cross after some people had lived and died, granted. But the plan to do so was from before the foundation of the world. So technically, Christ went through this. Nonetheless, the point is this. Certainly for everyone living today and over the past 2,000 years, God forgave us even before we repented. What God cannot do is pardon us without repentance. And that's important because as we've discussed a few times, you can be forgiven and still encounter consequences because forgiveness has a specific role in a specific place. Pardon is what 
cleanses you from all of the consequences of the um the all of the legal consequences the judicial consequences right that's what pardon does pardon removes the judicial consequences forgiveness is instrumental in setting the relationship in order or at least attempting to because obviously if you forgive someone that has wronged you but they won't repent the relationship can't be reconciled because they refuse to reconcile their part of it but you're prepared to reconcile your part of it in the plan of redemption forgiveness has been offered to us freely pardon requires repentance it's also offered to us freely but it cannot be received without repentance so even God forgives us for what we have done. And the Bible tells us if we confess, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The cleansing requires the, the repentance. But it is a moral imperative for us. Forgiveness is our solemn duty. And it is a moral imperative. And it has a bearing on our salvation. Because if we don't forgive, then God will not forgive our trespasses. And we will be stuck with them. And we will be stuck with their consequences. And that is not good. That is not good. The Bible is very clear. We have to forgive. Otherwise, God will not forgive us. And it doesn't matter that the other person hasn't repented that's a separate problem that they will have to deal with right but you deciding not to forgive them because they haven't repented doesn't correct their first problem it simply creates a second problem so now they have a problem and you have a problem we should endeavor to understand the significance of forgiveness and to recognize that it is a blessing to us to relieve ourselves of the bitterness that's associated with the wrong that was done to us. Otherwise, we continue to live that wrong. And that wrong then operates against us perpetually. Instead of being a wrong in one space and time, it becomes this perpetual wrong that we continue to re-inflict upon ourselves because we won't let go. I don't mean to suggest that forgiveness is always easy because it depends on the nature of the wrong done against us. It can be hard. But by God's grace, he can enable us to forgive the person and thereby stop hindering our own forgiveness, one, and take away that bitterness that would come with a lack of forgiveness. And that's important to our own salvation. My prayer is that you will look at these passages and consider if there's any forgiveness that you've been holding off on that you really should, um, that you really should pursue. Whether or not the repentance is forthcoming. Matthew 6.12 says, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mercy and your goodness to us. Thank you for your love. We thank you for your forgiveness. Please help us that we will forgive all others. 
help us that we will have the same kind of mind like Christ. Give us your grace so that we can apply uh, forgiveness when we have been wronged and repentance when we are in the wrong. Grant us your mercy, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. You can reach us via email at biblequestions at asbzone.com. We look forward to hearing from you, whether you have questions, comments, suggestions, or concerns. We also recommend that you check out the True Wisdom Podcast, where my brother and I conduct Bible studies in a discussion format. Both of these podcasts can be found on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you normally obtain your podcasts. We ask that you keep these ministries in your prayers, please. Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you prayerfully study and share His Holy Word.